Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce. And Joyce, we're back. It's only a few days after the Oscars. Well, here we are again. But, you know, this this past year's Oscars will carry on forever, seemingly. So. Certainly. Uh, thanks Still not to over. Smith. No, that will not be over anytime soon. And people will be talking about that when we're 100 years old. Uh, but while we're not here to talk about Co- what one, Coda won Best Picture, Joyce? Was that what won? I think, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Hard to remember yeah. to Sunday night, but we're actually going to look now ahead to next year's Oscars. This is completely deranged. Uh, you had this idea yesterday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, incredible idea. I love it so much uh, to go through what potentially are the movies coming out this year that will be nominated for Oscars next year. You know, I used to do this when I was a teenager, but like not seriously. I would just do it in my head. <laughs> Same. So I we got the... I, I, I would down, never I, like I, commit to it like in print or... Video. <laughs> I, t- I typed it. I, I typed it out in a Google Doc. So the caveats wow. here are: a, we have no idea what movies are actually going to come out this year. Slash, will they come out next year? If we did this, like, like let's say as an example, if we had done this last year at this time, maybe we would have been very excited about the untitled David O. Russell movie that ended up not coming out last year and is supposed to come out this year, for mm-hmm. example. So who knows what movies will be released? Who knows what categories these actors will be put in? As we we were discussing, there's a lot of ensemble heavy movies slash uh major like is there a a co-leads or how it's going to work uh so that'll be tricky to figure out and yeah we don't have never seen any of these things so there is dozens of caveats here at least three uh for what we're doing but we're going to go through the big categories there's picture director actor actress supporting actor supporting actress so much like the oscars this year we're we're just gonna politely you know push aside the the crafts categories for now and and the shorts and the shorts yeah so maybe maybe we, we could do screenplay but i i already had enough like difficulties <laughs> doing these six categories really tough so so i'll read so, through the, yeah so, so i guess we'll, I'll, you want i'll go first and then i mean i wouldn't be surprised if we actually have a lot a decent amount of crossover uh on I mean, some probably of these. so for best picture joyce there i i i i starred 10 possible nominees i'll read them off uh armageddon time which is james gray's new film i have that that's a best picture nominee babylon damien chazelle's new film that's two empire of the light which is sam mendez's new film the fablemans from steven spielberg killers of the flower moon martin scorsese napoleon ridley scott 
She said, Maria Schrader, uh, the son, Florian Zeller, White Noise, Noah Baumbach, and the woman king, Gina Blythewood, uh, Gina Prince Blythewood, excuse me. So those are my 10. I believe that's 10. Let me count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow. Um, yeah, I have, a, do I have 10? Let me count that. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is thrilling. Seven, eight, Great. nine, ten. Okay. Yeah. So I have Babylon. Okay. Empire of Light, The Fablemans, Killers of a Flower Moon, Poor Things, which is Yorgos Lanthimos. Mm-hmm. She said, The Sun, which is Florian Zeller, 13 Lives. <laughs> oh, wow. Ron Howard's movie. Yeah. Ron Howard. Howard. Yeah. Um, um, that, that's my, this is my basic pick. Yeah. Which, what, what is that about again? The, uh, this, uh the, the cave rescue cave rescue. Um, right. Okay. From, uh, 2018. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this is like, especially with 10 slots, this is my mm-hmm. basic pick. And then, oh, I just lost my page. Okay. Uh, white noise and yep. women talking. So that's, that's my 10. So woman talking is a Sarah Polly movie, uh, yes. an ensemble, uh, with, uh, Francis McDormand and seemingly leading the ensemble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, like, so we did cross over a lot. So we had, uh, so you don't have Armageddon time, which I have. I do not, but you also, you're like personally invested in this movie as well. My friend's kid is, <laughs> has a part in it. So we'll, we'll, we'll be following that one, uh, very closely this year. That movie is James Gray's movie about, it is his, it's like an auto fiction about his own growing up in Queens in the eighties. And I did the, Fred Trump and the Trumps are actually in the movie. They're like played by actors. I think Anthony Hopkins plays Fred Trump and like Donald Trump as a kid is in the movie, I believe, or, you know, maybe even like an approximation of Trump. I'm not even sure. Babylon is Damien Chazelle's big starry Hollywood uh, throwback movie. That sounds incredibly ambitious as Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. So we both have that one. Uh, Empire of the Light is Sam Mendes with Colin Firth and Olivia Coleman. I really know nothing else about it. Just the top line. Stuff. They are filming it right now, I believe. I think it's um, it's like a romance-ish type of film. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So I, I don't I don't really know anything else. <laughs> we both, um, we Roger both, Deakins is uh, lensing it again. Seems great. So. Uh, we both had the Fableman Spielberg's uh, new film written by Tony Kushner. We've talked about that. I think even and and Spielberg, it's his first writing credit since AI. And it's another auto, like a you know auto fiction slash like personal story similar to like Belfast at least or you know. In but that, he's in also that. been talking about it for like twenty five years or so. Right. Kills of Flower Moon is uh, Martin Scorsese's like take on the Western based on the, you know, true crime uh, book, incredible cast. Seemingly he's been working on it for like two years, I think, including through the pandemic. Uh, Did you have Napoleon? I did not have Napoleon, but I'm not surprised you do. Yeah, that, that's a good. I feel like that's a diss, but I'm like, I'm in on it. Ridley Scott. <laughs> no, that's just uh, like, I just know you so well. Like you would, yeah. you would have Napoleon. I feel like Ridley deserves you know, a little more shine, especially after it really deserves it after that unnecessary last duel dig. Yes, on Sunday. That, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, she said, I think we both had, I feel like that's going to be like a major uh, production, certainly about the, uh, the Harvey Weinstein investigation with uh, Jody Cantor and Megan Toey and directed by Maria Schrader. The Sun, I like that we both had that one for our boy Florian Zeller. I just, the way the Academy responded to the father last year felt like seemingly this is like, just a layup who knows, but, uh, certainly mm-hmm. as well. The other one I had that I don't think you had, uh, we both had white noise, which is uh Noah Bombax new neck Netflix movie. 
seems a little, I was hesitant to put that one on only just because it's like, it seems like it's going to be great, but also could be, I don't know, too cool for the Academy. Yeah, I don't, but also, that, was, that was one of my final ones I put on just to fill out the 10. I'm right. not really sure about Netflix's slate this year. That's the thing. We don't actually know a lot. That, again, caveats, we have no idea what they're going to like push and what's going to be coming out and what they add and like what they subtract. But why noise? I mean, it's a highly anticipated. It's the Don DeLillo novel. It's got Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig. Uh, and I think Don Cheadle is in that, right? And uh, let's see who's in that. This is scintillating. And the other one I had was Woman uh, King, Joyce, which is, uh, I, I was like, oh, Sony already put out a first look image of that. Um, looks in- incredibly epic, I think. Uh-huh. And it's the kind of, I-, I feel like it's got a September release date. So it's positioned well to have like a Toronto premiere or, you know, in, in that festival window premiere. Uh, Gina Prince Blythewood is a director I think people are excited about. And obviously Viola Davis playing like a, you know, more physically, uh, physical character than we're used to her seeing seeing her play. I think that could be in there though. Who knows? I guess we'll see. But th- those are my, those are my 10. The other one, the other ones I had written down, but I didn't put in were the David O. Russell movie, which I think is not called Canterbury glass, but has been discussed as Canterbury glass online. Uh, Emancipation Antoine Fuqua's uh, movie with Will Smith. So that's perhaps uh, pretty fraught, but I know it was at least expected to be like a an awards player before Sunday night. Uh, the greatest beer run in the world, which is Peter Forelli's new movie. That is his first movie since green book. Uh, and it's like a true life story with, with it's, it's a war film, <laughs> the war film slash road trip film with like Bill Murray. Um, sure. I could see that again. I have the menu here, which I think you'll be excited to know is directed by Mark Milan. Mark Milan yeah. And, and uh, stars Annie like Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, and Ray Fiennes. It sounds like a thriller from Searchlight. So that that I had on the list, but I didn't put it in. Those are the those were my alternates. How about you? Uh, yeah, like I had Armageddon times, like some of yours. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also have, I don't think this will get in at all, but like everything, everywhere, all at once, which is out right now. Yes. Um, uh, I also listed uh, Elvis. <laughs> nice. Uh, the biopic. Uh, that's that's coming out in July, right? I think mm-hmm. the summer. It's like June, summer. I believe. It, it's, it's like oh yeah, it's um, it has like a rock and man date, mm-hmm. and I could also see it kind of going the way of Rock and Man as well. Yeah. I also wrote down Avatar two. <laughs> wow, I didn't even think of Avatar two. Oh my gosh, <laughs> incredible! That's like, great. And then I guess the yeah. other one would be like. Knives Out to is another one I had thought of because it's another high yeah, profile sequel. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that because I love the first one, but I don't know like what the returns would be on this one. You know, right. even though it's like on Netflix now, but I think part of the excitement was the first one was just, it was so original. And then, you know how it is like when it's like things turn into a franchise and then even if like the sequels are good, there's it's just not the same kind of response at least like awards wise mm-hmm. but yeah so I talk a little about women women is it women talking i believe it's called but that one you had in there women talking by sarah poli with um ensemble cast francis mcdormand um jesse buckley um claire foy ben wishaw so it's based on a novel 
this is, I think it's Sarah's third film. So it's um, about this group of women in a Mennonite colony and they, uh, they've been sexually assaulted by the men there. And so they're plotting an escape. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it has really, uh, could be very powerful. And and I think Sarah Polly is like a filmmaker on the, like that. I think people are really ready to embrace. I feel like Mm -hmm. it feels like she's been like bubbling under for a really long time. (laughs) So that let's get, let's shift into best director, which I have like, I cannot remember a year potentially where there are this many amazing filmmakers all in contention at the same time. I'm just going to read off. I'm not even going to do my, I mean, should I just read off the list here that I wrote down or do you want me to just do my picks? I guess I'll do my picks and then we'll go through because I think you could have any number of permutations on this ridiculously early prediction for best director. But my five, which I had a tough time figuring out was Damien Chazelle for Babylon, previous winner, obviously for La La Land seems like a big movie that is like pretty involved. I have Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans and Martin Scorsese for killers of the flower moon, mostly just to put Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese. They, together they've never competed in a best director lineup. They've never competed. I have Maria Schrader for she said, and then I put Gina Prince Blythewood in there for the woman King, because it does feel like this big epic kind of movie that people will enjoy. But that means I left, I mean, you go for, you go first and then we'll go through who I left off and who you presumably possibly left off. <laughs> Um, yeah, this was, this was hard for me and I don't even know how I feel about my five, but I have Damien Chazelle as well. I have Park Chan-wook as my like international pick. Incredible. His movie's called- Decision to Leave, which I also thought about putting into Best Picture, but I didn't. Yes. Yes. Um, I have Scorsese and Spielberg. Yes. And I have Florian Zeller for The Son because I feel like he was very close to the director nomination for The Father. So I had Florian Zeller on the list too, but I, I pushed him out for Maria Schrader, I believe. Uh, yeah, the, I have I have Maria, I have Sarah, like in my like six and seven. <laughs> so the other people we didn't mention then, James Gray for Armageddon Time. Again, an, another very respected filmmaker who feels like he's going to get a Best Director nomination at some point, right? Like I feel like he's at least, he's like a film Twitter approved, like PTA kind of like pick, right? I, I mean, just to like, I don't know. Alejandro I mean, he, he's definitely attracted a lot of uh, big names, uh, Oscar adjacent names. Sure. So that's why I have him in here. Alejandro Gonzalez Inarritu for Bardo. I know literally not much about this, but he's a two-time Best Director winner just sitting there. Also, uh, J- uh, a lot of a lot of controversy during the production of that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James Cameron for Avatar Two. Don't have him in, obviously. <laughs> James Cameron, King of the World. Wait, so you forgot about the movie, but you thought of James Cameron? I did. I didn't, I just I didn't think the movie, I don't believe it. It's tough for me for a sequel. I think it's like a tough beat. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, it's been delayed for 10 years. But I, it's hard to discount Cameron because he's always like over delivers, right? Like even no matter what the expectations, he over delivers. David O. Russell, not mentioned. Another former best director. They're, they're into him, but also, I don't know. It's It's been a while. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, that that press tour will be interesting to see sure how they will. manage things. Uh, Park Chan-wook, I actually had on my list of alternates as well. I feel like he's, again, another respected filmmaker due for overdue for Academy recognition. Uh, Olivia Wilde for Don't Worry Darling, depending on how like that plays. It's a I think it's Warner Brothers. It might be, you know, it's her follow up to Booksmart with a big, you know, I think acclaimed film and very fun We'll see. Uh, Sam Mendes, neither one of us mentioned for Empire of the Light, clearly has to be considered a possibility. 
I threw Cassie Lemons on my list for I Want to Dance with Somebody because that's the Whitney Houston uh, biopic. We'll see. Tyler Perry has something called A Jazz Man's Blues that is like his passion project for Netflix. Tyler Perry is a beloved figure in Hollywood, it seems to me. And if the movie's good, who knows? I, I don't know. David Fincher, The Killer, just finished production. Not sure if it's coming out this year. That was on my list. Mylod, our boy for The Menu. Ridley Scott. Jordan Peele for Nope, another movie that is coming out in the summer, so maybe it won't have the longer legs. Ron Howard, you had mentioned for uh, 13 Lives. I put him on my list just as an alternate. Noah Baumbach for White Noise. Sarah Polly. It's just an incredible list. I just can't believe this. And I'm sure we're um, leaving people off. I, I also have uh, Todd Field for Tar. Mm-hmm. Todd which, Field returning. This is his first movie since Little Children. <laughs> It's pretty wild. Yeah. Only his third movie overall, but he's, you know, he's he's made two incredible films in the bedroom and little children. So this is his comeback. Um, so I could, if if that plays well, I, I could definitely see him being like the critics pick if it's good, you know. So, but I, I didn't put him in my five. Yeah. This it's it's a very crowded field. So the both of us have Spielberg and Scorsese. I kind of just did that because I want to see it. Like I want to see Spielberg and yeah, Scorsese sure. in the same lineup. That said, as we saw this year, I think if you were doing this at this point last year, and even we did this a lot, there were a ton of major filmmakers this year who could have been nominated, including like Guillermo del Toro and you know, obviously. Paul Thomas Anderson obviously was nominated. There were just like a lot of filmmakers that had like big name recognition that did not end up getting nominated in best director. So I'm always like kind of leery to put like the major big name guys in there just because like, it feels like certain things could happen and they just don't even, it's, you know, if, if push comes, if who knows, if, will they nominate Spielberg? We're, we thought he was lucky to get like a DGA nomination this year and was like fringe ended up, you know, kind of pick for director. I, I, like he was always, I think he was always safe for DJ. You think he was safe? Right. Love him there. <laughs> but I'm no, just, I, I think, don't know. I think people would want, or, or if you're like, you're fans of both, or you want to see this match up, you wouldn't want this to be like three years ago when very early on, everyone was predicting Scorsese for the Irishman and like Quentin Tarantino for once upon a time in Hollywood. Right. And they right. both actually made it. Right. So that would be really fun. Um, yeah, anybody else that I didn't mention that you had thought of? Um, let's see. I guess did you did you say Yorgos? Anthemos for poor thing. I forgot Yorgos. That would yeah. have been another. I, I didn't write him down, but I did think of that movie and him obviously for um, poor things. It's called right. You had that for yes. best picture. So there, well, there's also um, George Sewell for Rustin, which is another. I thought of him as well. Yeah, yeah. and he, John Ridley he, for sure. And he was never really in a conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ma Rainey. Um, I feel like the the issue with Ma Rainey was that it was so clearly a filmed play at the end, and I wonder if Rustin will be a little more uh, theat- uh more cinematic rather than theatrical. Yeah, maybe. Um, so I think that's it. Right. Antoine Fuqua for Emancipation. I had a possibility. I guess we'll see. What what's um, going to happen to Emancipation? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. That's the thing. Uh, bet, <laughs> best actor Joyce. Another. Uh, not as crowded, I think, as it could be. And I'll be curious to see what you end up with. And this is where we're getting into like what what people are in what categories, I think, potentially for this. But my five was tough. It was Colin Firth for Empire of Life, which is the Sam Mendes movie that we were talking about. 
Jesse Plemons for Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese's movie. Joaquin Phoenix for Napoleon, major historical figure playing a former Oscar winner playing a major historical figure. Coleman Domingo for Rustin. I feel like we're just ready for a Coleman Domingo Oscar campaign, and I'm so excited. I love him. And Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Okay. Which is Darren Aronofsky's new film and seems incredibly, uh, who knows, uh, but Brendan Fraser plays an incredibly overweight man, I believe. Yes, 600 pounds. Um, yeah, I think this category is where I went the most Rogan. Yes. Okay. Of all of mine. <laughs> so tell me what you got. Um, I have Coleman's Mingo for Rustin, okay. Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Hugh Jackman for The Sun. Okay. Uh, and then I, uh, at the, like literally like 20 minutes ago, I, I put in Bill Nye for living. Wow. Which, what is living Joyce? It just premiered at Sundance. Um, it's, it's a remake and he, it got like great reviews and, uh, you know, our fave Sony pictures, classics picked it up. Okay. Uh, great. We, Love- we never underestimate. Nope. We know that. Love it. Yeah. And then, so I, I also have a spot reserved for Killers of the Flower Moon. And we were talking about this this morning about category placement. And yes. Jesse Plemons or Leonardo DiCaprio is the lead. So I had like Jesse in here, but now I just like switched it back to Leo. Wow. So I have a spot for a Flower Moon dude. So <laughs> I have Leo. This was from Eric Roth, who's a screenwriter. This is from an IndieWire article last April, it looks like. So this movie has been out for a while, uh, filming for a while, obviously. But he here was uh, Eric Roth said, I wouldn't say Jesse is the lead. I would say that he was the designated hero. Because he's but the FBI yeah. agent. What's that? He's the FBI agent. Yes. But yeah, I think that's fair because the parts are pretty equal between Leo and Jesse. They were always equal to a certain extent. And Leo's part is very complicated and very interesting. It's a small part for a smart, it's a smart part for a smart actor to play. I mean, if Montgomery Clift was alive, I think he might be playing him. So Leo plays uh, the son of Robert De Niro's character, is kind of like a villain of the piece. And Jesse is the FBI agent, I believe, in this in this film. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I put Leo Jesse was in. originally supposed to play the FBI agent, and then they swapped. And so I so I had Jesse, and I just think it's gonna work. The other other people I thought of, I had Hugh Jackman actually as number six on my list. I thought that was, I think he could get in. I feel like there's a lot of affection for Hugh Jackman in the industry, and he's a, a strong contender. I have Willem Dafoe for poor things on my list of possibilities, though. I, I have him in supporting. So. Okay, I wasn't sure if he was leader supporting. <laughs> I have Nicholas Holt for the menu. Again, unsure what his leader supporting status is, but I feel like Nicholas Holt is another actor who I think people are ready to embrace on. A broader scale, I still think he should have gotten more shine for the favorite. He's the best. He's the best in the favorite. He's just so so funny. Um, Austin Butler for Elvis, Christian Bale for the David O. Russell movie, Fastbender for the Killer. Though again, who knows if it comes out? Um, and Adam Driver for White Noise, just because he's Adam Driver. Any anybody else that you had thought of? Um, let me. I wasn't sure like who the male lead of Babylon is. So uh, I I thought maybe Brad Pitt, but. I don't know. I, I actually put, again, spoiler alert, I put Brad in supporting. Okay. But, okay. like, I don't know. It's like, maybe it's Diego Cava, or maybe there is no, no male right. lead. Right. I don't know. Um, yeah. And then, I don't know. Do I have anybody else? Um, no, I think you named everyone. I don't know. I, I, mean, I wouldn't say obviously it's other people, but I didn't write Yeah, there's going to be dozens of people probably in big projects and stuff. So this is not the short... 
this is not the complete list by any means, but I will say just doing this exercise, I was like, there are double the amount of people already on my mind for best actress. It just seems like there's a lot of best actress possibilities. And again, who knows what category placement we're going to have and all these things, but uh, yeah, so that's good. Um, let's do best actress choice. Mine were Margot Robbie for Babylon, Olivia Coleman for Empire of the Light, Carrie Mulligan for She Said, Regina King for Shirley, and Viola Davis for The Woman King. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have Naomi Aki for I Want to Dance with Somebody. She was my sixth. Okay. <laughs> Kate Blanchett for Tar. Okay. Olivia Coleman for Empire of Light. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lily Gladstone, if she's in lead, <laughs> for Killers of the Flower Moon. I put her and, in supporting. So and Margot Robbie for Babylon. So. Okay. Um, so Margot Robbie, I think, is playing Clara Bow in Babylon, right? I think. I don't know what she's playing. Who knows? She, like, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's like the, the I, rumor. Well, there, there were screenings like this week for Babylon. So oh, okay. we'll probably get more detail. So, but I think I like, I saw that on Wikipedia like months ago. And I was like, who knows if it's real? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that's an incredible list. The people we left off, Anna de Armas for Blonde, playing Marilyn Monroe. N- NC-17 rating. <laughs> NC-17, uh, but still like Marilyn Monroe, I feel like is a, you know, obviously Michelle Williams got nominated for playing Marilyn Monroe. I don't know. I, I could see her getting in. Florence Pugh has two options. Uh, don't Worry Darling, which is the Olivia Wilde movie. And then The Wonder, which is uh, Sebastian Lilio's movie, I believe. Frances McDormand for Women Talking. Greta Gerwig. You mentioned Kate Blanchett. Laura Dern, I thought, for The Sun, because it seems like she might be the, the lead I, I have her supporting. Okay. <laughs> um, Audra McDonald for Rustin. Again, is she leader supporting? I don't even know, but I feel like, I think Rustin could be a strong contender for Netflix. Emma Stone for Poor Things, a former Best Actress winner. Anya Taylor-Joy for The Menu. You mentioned Naomi Ackie for I Want to Dance with Somebody playing Whitney Houston. We've seen, obviously, the, like, we love uh, actresses playing singers. So uh, seemingly that could be a, a strong, strong contender here next year. And based on what was nominated this year, I would not be surprised if she gets in. Um, just a dope list. There's so many good actresses here. Yeah. Um, and then I think everyone right now wants Michelle Yeoh to get in for everything everywhere all at once. I don't. So she, she was on the list, but I felt like, are people going to remember? Hopefully they will. Uh, like, yeah, I, I feel like it's still like too weird for them to touch. Yeah. Like I can see her getting like a bunch of critics awards and Certainly. the globe comedy nomination. Right. Um, maybe, maybe she'll be a uh, New York film critics, a uh, rogue winner this year. <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> based, based on the response, the nomination. From, based on the response from the New York film critics of uh, people online, like David Ehrlich, I feel like that is a very real possibility because he is just like, in yeah. The tank so like movie. I, I didn't include Regina yet. Cause I don't know. Cause it, there are photos of her filming the movie right now. So obviously they could wrap and it could right. you know, be fast. That can be out by the end of the year. Um, but it could also just very well be a movie for next year. Right. And maybe and, Netflix saves it. Right. Because, um, and that well, there's also Helen Mirren for Golda, mm-hmm. which is like heavy makeup prosthetics. Right. <laughs> uh, I can see that being a, a SAG thing. I didn't put her in my five, but we could have a we could have a situation where this year's next year's best actress nominees are Viola Davis, Frances McDormand, 
Carrie Mulligan and Vanessa Kirby. So four of the five from last year. And, and that's not even that far-fetched, I would argue, because you have Carrie Mulligan for She Said. That was a tricky one because, again, who knows who's lead in supporting? And you'll see, spoiler alert, I decided to put Zoe Kazan in supporting later, though I don't know if she would. Maybe they're both leads. Who knows? Um, I mean, I think they should probably, in real life, they're co-leads, but yeah. <laughs> Oscar-wise, I don't know. If I had, and then, I mean, I put Olivia Coleman, like we said, in for Empire Light just because she's Olivia Coleman, but I don't know. I guess if I was doing, so I have Regina King in, if I, if I had her, if I didn't have her in, I would have Naomi Aki in as well. I think if that movie doesn't come out, I bumped Naomi Aki for Regina King, but so that was my thought. Yeah. So like if I have Lily, so if she's supporting, I, I guess I would put Carrie in. I feel like that movie is going to be like pretty good and incredibly, uh, resonate with Hollywood. So I don't know. Uh, supporting actor choice, always fun though. I got to tell you, I had a tough time here coming up with a list and I think you're going to laugh in my face uh, for some of these, but I have Jeremy strong for Armageddon time, Anthony Hopkins for Armageddon time. He's playing Fred Trump, uh, Paul Dano for the Fablemans, mostly off both this and the Batman. I feel like he'll have a lot of goodwill and it feels like we're already in a year of Dano. And plus that sets up a nice, uh, partner nomination with Zoe Kazan later, which I'll get to. Uh, Leo for Kills of the Flower Moon, who I bumped here. That's one, two, three, four. And then Chris Rock for Rustin. Because of this. <laughs> but if it was, so that's because we're doing it today. I actually do think Glenn uh, Turman could get nominated for Rustin. I feel like he was close mm-hmm. to a nomination for Ma Rainey. And he's also in Rustin. I have no idea what part he's playing or anything about it, but I was like, I think he's an actor that because he had done such a great job in Ma Rainey, and I really do think he could have gotten nominated for that, then maybe he gets nominated here. And Chris Rock, Rock would actually be my sixth because uh, apparently he has a pretty big role in Rustin. So. Um, <laughs> Chris Rock. <laughs> uh, imagine he here? could get nominated. <laughs> and, and nothing for emancipation. <laughs> nothing for emancipation, no. Uh, no, what do you think? What do you got um, supporting actor? I, I have Paul Dano for the Fablemans. Okay. Uh, as I teased before, Willem Dafoe for Poor Things. Great. I have Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. Uh, Zen McGrath for The Sun. I'm going all in on The Sun here. Wow. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's the sun, the titular, he's yes, the titular he's the, role. Is he going to be like the Cody Smith McPhee of this year, uh, maybe? He's, I, I think, I, I think he'll, he'll have... Ter- uh, turn 20 by the time next year's ceremony okay. rolls around. So he'll, he'll be a baby, but you know, and uh, Brad Pitt for Babylon. I don't okay. think like Brad will win, but I feel like maybe he's the safest for a nomination here. So I only left him off just cause I was like, I don't know what he's going to be in. Like, is he leader supporting, I guess. Like, so I was just like, rather than even try to figure that out. I, I, so it's funny. So we both had Dano. He plays, I think, uh, Spielberg's dad, dad uh, here. Um, I think that's a good bet. I don't know. I just feel like it's like that's the type of thing where we're going to be talking about him all year because he gets to play the Riddler and Batman. That really helps. Um, I went heavy on Armageddon time. I just so here's why I don't actually know even if Jeremy Strong has a big role. My sense is that he's very much supporting, and I actually think it's like not the expect. Like I think if you were he- heard about a movie set in the '80s New York that is in the orbit of the Trump empire, you would probably think Jeremy Strong is playing like Kendall, but I get the feeling he's actually playing 
a much different character. And I think he went with his natural gray hair because remember when he was like shown a lot on the red carpets when he was gray, I think he actually has his regular hair because he dyes it for Kendall. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's going to be like a little unexpected and Jeremy Strong is definitely due for like a big Academy push. I feel like. So that's it. And Hopkins. Wait, like, I, well, what were, were you predicting him for Chicago seven? <laughs> Well, I would have at this point if we were doing it two years ago. And I also thought he maybe could have gotten in, but it's like a small part and they didn't really do it. And he was fun in Chicago 7. Um, Hopkins, I think Hopkins or De Niro. And it's funny because De Niro, I think, was actually originally in Armageddon time or attached to it to play this. Yeah, that, it was like Hopkins. pre-COVID. And then the, the cast completely changed. So I think he's playing. I think it is like the Fred Trump avatar or even maybe just fred trump who knows i you know i don't want to like did you um watch anne hathaway on colbert a couple weeks ago when she was promoting uh, we crashed yes we crashed we'll talk Um, about that when we talk about the emmys i have not watched uh here's some synergy in the fourth episode they do a a costume halloween party and she gets a professional i I saw her instagram post okay (laughs) professional avatar costume and it's the funniest thing she looks incredible uh yeah joyce tell me what she's she yeah so she was on colbert she also did a the father-son house of gucci thing nice because she was talking about like when she met jared and everything but she yeah she talked about armageddon time and she said that she basically uh like asked James Gray if they could do like a dancing scene between her and Anthony Hopkins, even though it wasn't in the script because she just wanted to dance with Anthony Hopkins. Wow. Sure. (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah. Um, That that doesn't mean anything for his nomination chances, but yeah. And so you you get to see him dance in this movie with Anne Hathaway. I was just like, who knows even how big the part is. And again, like whatever, but I was just like, it, it seems like it could be the type of, you know, scenery chewing fun performance that gets intention, though I could see De Niro getting in here for probably what I would expect is a more mannered villainous performance in Killers of Flower Moon. If we're talking like veteran former winner who is like here, we neither one of us picked Tom Hanks. I thought for Elvis, he's seemingly going way big for Baz Luhrmann's movie. Uh, there's there's a lot going on there. Um, Elvis's manager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had Seth Rogen down for Fablemans as well. I felt like he could have, you know, that seems like a possibility. I think he plays Steven Spielberg's uncle in the film. His favorite uncle. According to what I've read online, Bill Murray's in the greatest beer run in the world. So I threw him down as a supporting contender. Sure. Uh, Ray Fines for the menu. Based on what I read, it seems like the menu is about a, a rich couple who, uh, let me find the actual log line here, scintillating stuff. But I think it sounds like it could be a fun, it's a, a dark comedy. So there's Annie, Annie Taylor Joy and Nicholas Holt as a young couple who travel to a remote island to eat in an exclusive restaurant. And I think the uh, chef is Ray Fines, who has prepared a lavish meal with some, quote, shocking results, surprises. Uh, Ray Fines, I just love him. And I feel like if he's in like a big scenery chewing, like black comedy part, like that's a that's a potential for a nomination. So I, I, I could see him getting in. Um, Anybody else? Um, I have Ben Wishall down for Women Talking. Nice. Um, and Ashton Sanders for I Want to Dance with Somebody. He's Bobby Brown. Excellent. Um, and I also wrote down Brendan Gleeson for The Manchies of Inishirn, which is an in Bruges reunion uh, between him, Martin McDonough, and Colin Farrell. We didn't even mention Martin McDonough earlier, but yeah. another major filmmaker. <laughs> who could be in this race uh, for his movie, though. You're right. It does feel more in Bruges than 
three billboards. Um, yeah. And then who else is there? I, I can see, I, I flirted with a film getting double noms here since like they love that now in this category after mm-hmm. not doing that for 26 years. So I, I did have Jesse Plemons in here for flowers, a uh, flower moon as well, but then I dumped him and cause I just, well, yeah, like you have him in lead. I, I put him in supporting and I just kind of feel like he's the good guy and De Niro is like the villain, which is typically what they go for more here in this category, but I could see both of them getting in if, you know, it's huge. Um, I, yeah, Leo I, in here, like in that, like, I think Seth could get in for Fableman's as well. If it's big, uh, those, those were the only two I was contemplating getting double knobs, not Armageddon time. I'm going deep on that. <laughs> Just, I feel like we're in this strong rent. He's got to get nominated one of these years, Jeremy Strong. I have no idea if you know, he's, he might be in it for three minutes and this is going to look so stupid. When we like, look I, I feel like he needs, I don't know, like, because he doesn't really do a lot of films in, between, in the hiatuses. No, that's also why I was like, oh, this could be like an Yeah, he's not, he's not like Viola Davis, who, you know, she made sure she only did 15 episodes of right. How to Get Away with Murder every year. So she'd, be, she'd wrap the season by February and then she can make a movie before the next season picks right. up again in the summer. I also think a guy like Jeremy Strong has got such affection among actors, obviously. They all came to his defense for the New Yorker profile. Aaron Sorkin doesn't have social media. <laughs> thank goodness, because he would have gotten to see his, his movie roasted by Amy Schumer at the Oscars. Just, that was a really, really solid burn, I felt. And <laughs> Joyce, let's do Best Supporting Actress, and then I guess we'll wrap up talking about some other broad, I guess, the, the year as well. Uh, Another strange category. So uh, this, I felt like there could be like a lot of double nominees. And in fact, I have two double nominees. So who knows? Well, this category is very friendly to double nominees. So my nominees here were Michelle Williams for the Fablemans, Julia Butters for the Fablemans, uh, (laughs) Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Samantha Morton for She Said, and Zoe Kazan for She Said. The caveat here being, who knows if Zoe Kazan is lead or supporting. Lily Gladstone could be leader supporting for these purposes here. We put them in there. So those are my five, two from the Fablemans, two from She Said, and then Lily Gladstone. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have, I have Jesse Buckley for Women Talking, a back-to-back nominations. I had her close to, she was my sixth. Yeah. Uh, Patricia Clarkson for She Said. Okay. Laura Dern for The Sun. Again, all in, all the sun here. <laughs> so I had her in lead, but yeah, okay. Jean Smart for Babylon, which I think a lot of people have her or want her to win. Like they are hope dipping her to win. Yes. And Michelle Williams for the Fablemans. Nice. So you had no Lily Gladstone here? You had her in lead? Well, I had her in lead. Okay. So if if she's in supporting, I think I would I would bomb probably either Patricia or Laura. Okay. Uh my ration. So we both have Michelle Williams seemingly very like historically she's she's steven's mom (laughs) awards friendly role a mom in a coming of age movie and also she's michelle williams so we kind of like it just seems like she would get nominated (laughs) honestly there's no i have no reason to otherwise to say there's no reason for it just like she's been nominated before and obviously um julia butters i threw in because she was such a breakout for once upon a time in hollywood (laughs) 
She was amazing in the movie and like a headline grabbing thing. Spielberg swoops her up for his, this movie. I think she's playing his sister, right? Yeah. Uh, love that act. I love that performance. Once upon a time in Hollywood is incredibly uh, just like preternatural. And why not? I don't know. I think there was affection for her performance last year. And maybe this year she gets in as like a kid actor in this morning category. And I went Samantha Moore and Zoe Kazan for She Said, though I had Rooney Mara and Jesse Buckley for Women Talking really close. And then the only other people I didn't mention were Anne Hathaway for Armageddon Time. Who knows? Again, leader supporting or whatever. Maggie Gyllenhaal for Elvis. She plays Elvis's mom. Uh, Tilda Swinton for The Killer. Who knows if it's coming out, but a former winner in this category. And that was it for me. Um, yeah, I also wrote down Sadie Sink for The Whale. She plays Brennan Fraser's daughter in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I wrote down Vanessa Kirby for Napoleon here. Again, I don't know if I had her in the lead, yeah, lead or supporting, but I could see them just like frauding her into supporting, even if she's like a lead. Mm-hmm. Um and is that it? I think that's all I wrote down because everyone else you named. <laughs> I mean, I think that's it. I don't know. So did we miss anything? Like, I mean, we've missed a lot of things. We've missed a ton. Uh, certainly. Um, it, based like the, on, uh, looking at this, I was like very excited for the year. Well, that's always the case at this point. And then it rolls out and then you get disappointed. <laughs> You get disappointed because everything gets just murdered. I can't wait to see how all these movies were told are bad by the time uh, this gets to the end of the Oscars. What, what's going to be the coda of the year? Well, that's the thing. We have no idea. I mean, there was no real, you mentioned, uh, what was it? Uh, Living? What was that one mm-hmm. you mentioned from Sundance? But there was not a, I felt like this year Sundance did not have as many coda breakout type movies that people were like enamored by. There's like a, that Living, I mean, like the biggest Apple acquisition was Cha Cha Real Smooth, which is the Cooper Wraith movie with Dakota mm-hmm, Johnson. Dakota it's Johnson. it's very sweet, but it's not like Coda. I don't think it's gonna. It's like a typical typical Sundance indie that gets released in the summer and people like like. It was very. I yeah. enjoyed it. It's very engaging, but it's like not. I don't think it's like a Coda where it's gonna go roll through Best Picture. I mean, listen. I when I watched Coda last year. I liked it very much. I did not leave that movie being like, give that best picture. Never crossed my mind. <laughs> it never crossed my mind either, but I was like, oh, I hope it gets nominated for best picture. None of these other ones, none, none of the Sundance ones seemingly had hit that bar for me, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, like uh, like Emma Thompson and um, to look to you, Leo Grande, like I I don't have her in. I don't know. Like it's it's going to who. I don't know what's going to happen to it. Right. Um like movies that have, you mentioned everything everywhere all at once. That is like, I think people are very excited about that movie. It is very early in the season. And so who knows if it could withstand months and months and months and months of other movies coming in. The Batman is another one that I think people were excited by as like a potential early contender for at least in the crafts categories, but like Matt Reeves in the movie itself, I don't think are going to make it in. Um, I don't know. Avatar, well, there are, Avatar 2, I mean, could be like a major thing. And then we're going to be like, oh, I can't believe we slept on Avatar 2. I will be. The, yeah, I mean, because like none, none of like our best picture picks are like, there's no like Dune right. <laughs> here. So um, I don't know. So I guess that could be 
it if anyone still cares like anyone in the academy still cares about avatar um yeah but it'll be i guess it'll be interesting to see what goes to the festival since for so long that was kind of like the the kingmaker for best picture like you had to go to a fall festival Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. build up the momentum throughout the fall and because um there was you know you just couldn't win best picture if you were like a late breaker anymore um but then coda like blew that all up because it was released in august and it didn't hit any of the fall festivals (laughs) coda was somehow an early incredibly early movie and then also a late breaker never seen anything like yeah (laughs) i think but i think the thing was like you know tragedy of Macbeth was supposed to be apple's like number one like prestige play and obviously that didn't really go anywhere besides like denzel and like cinematography right and production design um and then the Coda love just took off organically, which is what you want to see. Like you don't want something manufactured, like being forced down your throat. And so like, like, so yeah, we don't, we don't know what the Coda is. Maybe there isn't one because you know what the pattern is with them now is like, they, they have like a very mainstream, like basic pick like Coda um, or Green Book um, and I would even say Spotlight, even though Spotlight is a way better film than both of those films, but it was a, a lot more um, ap- broad appealing than like The Big Short or mm-hmm. The Revenant that year, which were like Revenant especially was like more divisive. And then you, you could go even further back with like Argo. So they have like a mainstream like middle brow pick and then they do like two years of uh, more adventurous or like inspired or atypical winners and then to go back to like mainstream again so the next two years we'll have like maybe more prestige or uh atypical picks from them so i'm looking looking at the list i mean like it's not basic because i don't i wouldn't call a steven spielberg movie basic but the fableman seemingly is like the coda yeah it's like it's like broad yeah appealing family family focused like comedy slash drama and then i think I mean, on my list, I don't know. I mean, Babylon could be like also big, broad thing because it's like, old, like if it's like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or whatever, you know, like that kind of who knows what it's going to be like. But it's definitely like set in Hollywood. Um, Killers of Flower Moon, I think, would be Scorsese doing a Western. So I don't think it's going to be like Wolf of Wall Street. I think it's going to be more like Age of Innocency. But not because it's Western. <laughs> who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, the woman king i think could be like a big mainstream movie like like that people see uh that also is like like kind of high adventure like gladiator style i guess it would be on my list but you also have napoleon which could be a gladiator because it's ridley literally gladiator um yeah, i don't know i'll be curious to see like recent stuff coming up like nope jordan peele i loved uh get out i really loved us so much and i was so bummed that it didn't get enough traction Nope looks like pretty, uh, pretty awesome. So, I mean, if it's good enough, does it withstand six months of being coming out in the summer? Who knows? I don't know. I don't but, know. Yeah. Cause I feel like there was just more of a discovery, like that mm-hmm. cachet with get out. Cause it was like so new and it was, you know, like the first one from him and he, like, I like us a lot as well, but I, I, 
it maybe but people are just like kind of too used to that or something but like lupita right. was robbed <laughs> she was absolutely robbed she was amazing in the movie it was such a great performance and you know so I don't, I mean, yeah, this is great. I can't wait to see. So other, I can't how wait to see how wrong we are. In a well, I can't wait to see how wrong we are. I can't wait to see what we end up like, what we missed. I just think there's going to be so many movies. Oh, that there's going to be so many. Know, uh, that are coming or that get pushed or whatever. So that'll be fun. There's also a lot of films that like don't have distributors. <clears throat> and then we haven't mentioned a bunch of movies either. Like we didn't, uh, we didn't mention Bones and All, did we? <laughs> we didn't mention Bones and All. It's Luca uh, Bonadino with, with uh, Taylor Timothy Russell Chalamet yeah. and Taylor Russell from Waves. I just, it, I think it's about cannibals. Is that, was that, is that right? Yeah. Oh. Well, I think she's like trying, she, she's like on a journey to like find herself. I think, I don't know. It's don't, don't like, that. is it like Bonnie and Claude? <laughs> I mean, who knows, but I, I just, I just felt like it was not. Oh, oh we didn't mention next goal wins. Uh, they, uh, they pulled a Christopher Plummer. Uh, Army Hammer, book. right? Yeah. So yeah, who's in well, it now? Will Arnett is the new Christopher Plummer. That's Taika Waititi's movie with yeah. Michael Fassbender. Uh, I feel like it's been talked about for actual years. Obviously, it was delayed, and then obviously, Army Hammer's controversies. He was he was the second lead, I imagine, and so now he had to be removed from the film. They had a lot of time to do that. Sure, I mean Taika obviously with Jojo Rabbit really struck a chord, but it felt like a very specific Academy friendly thing. And who knows if Next Goal wins would be as similarly friendly? I don't know. It's about soccer. Yeah. So <laughs> seems pretty cool. I love Michael Vosbender as an actor. So the fact that he's got that and the killer back this year could put him back in the race, I feel like. Um, yeah. Um, and you know, like Fincher leads usually get in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe we should be predicting Michael Vosbender. The reason I wasn't because it's about a, I think it's literally about like an assassin. Right. Uh, and so I was just like, is that the type of, if that's Fincher in like, kind of like elevated B-movie territory, does that resonate with the Academy? Because it feels like more like Fincher doing Girl with the Dragon Tattoo or Gone Girl rather than like Mank or Benjamin Button. So while I prefer those, I like Mank a lot, actually, but I like Fincher when he does elevate a B-movie so much, but I wonder if the Academy will respond to the acting in that as well. Um, this is fun. I, I swear, these are great. I'm just like, wait, I, I was so glad to do this because I'm just like, man, they're movies rule. How Movie lovers it's, it's unite. It's better when just. we don't know anything about them. We know nothing about them. <laughs> I haven't seen anything, any kind of materials about them. No idea where anything is going, but movie lovers unite. This is a movie good, lovers this, unite. This is uh, what is your favorite film of this year right now? Of these, <laughs> of these right now <laughs> that you have not seen? <laughs> uh, probably Fablemans. I'm just very psyched that I think that'll be good. I, I'm a, I love Scorsese so much and Killers of the Flower Moon, I'm sure will be incredible, but I like Scorsese lately when there's a little more. Uh, like humor to them. So like, I'm more like into you like, want a Wolf Street. Like, well, yeah, I want Wolf of Wall Street or even Irishman. I think there's a lot of actual good, like entertaining uh, comedy. And this, who knows, Killers of Moon, it's just the subject matter and based on the book and stuff, it just seems like it's not, not as open to. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's laws. based on real life. <laughs> yeah, and not- I, I also wonder like what the Apple campaign for would, it will be because you always, because we knew like this was coming out this year, like, um, but like no one ever thought like Apple was winning best picture this year until three weeks ago. And 
so it's like, are they like going to go back to back? Like, how are they going to, you know, like modulate their campaign? Cause their campaign for CODA was so under the radar for most of it until like the past three weeks. You so, know? I mean, like, I wonder are you if they're super aggressive or like, but you don't like, like Netflix goes super aggressive in phase one. I wonder if you even need, I mean, when you have Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro in your movie, do you need to go super aggressive? I have no idea, but I'm like, I, yeah, like but people are gonna, it's going to make also not a, a streaming service that everyone has. Right. But it is a, it is people that are arguably like the most on the list of like 20 most famous people doing movies. So I feel like yeah. they could probably get away with not going as hard in the front and then kind of like sneaking it up in the back. I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's so funny. So we were both on the sun. I feel like she said, like I said, I think it's going to be big. I'll be curious to see White Noise. I love Noah Baumbach. Marriage Story obviously was like his big Oscar push from Netflix. And I think this will kind of kind of flatlined there. Unfortunately, it was so it's so good. I love that was a great year. You know, the, year, the memes will live on forever, though. Looking at this year, this reminds me of uh, 2019. I feel like this is the quality of movies on this list are commensurate with 29 well again we're back to you know like post post that was post green book so now we're post coda right and like that year parasite one and who knows like maybe that we'll have a similarly incredibly impressive win another sam mendes movie in the mix it just feels like it's all lined up another hollywood movie with babylon and, and once upon a time in hollywood is there a sandler movie i know he's got the uh, netflix one i wonder if he's the got netflix one with carrie mulligan <laughs> he's got the netflix one with carrie mulligan that one is uh where he's in space, I believe. Right. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he'll get in. Like that was like, that's, that's, that's going to be the uncut gems. That'll be the uncut year. gems of this year. It is called space man. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, this is it, Joyce. Anything else here before? And that also is Paul Dano. And well, and anything else, Joyce, before we, before we wrap um, up? I don't know. I, I hope a uh, Chris rock pans out for you. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? I saw people saying like, Oh, they'll have him and, and Will Smith present based on like mm. that, that was, I, not sure if Will Smith's going to get invited back. Uh, this I mean, there. Uh, so there's supposed to be the board is, is supposed to be meeting today, March 30th, uh, to right. discuss this. And they sent out an email last night to members saying this might take weeks. And I'm not sure why it will take weeks. Yes. It's yeah. I don't like like everyone saw it. There's there's footage of it. I, like, what are you investigating? <laughs> Truly. Uh, so. We'll see. I don't know if, uh, but I could see Chris Rock getting invited back and maybe even. I think meeting. Chris Rock. Yeah, we'll get. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, it's like he's not. No, but there are no no victors in this incident, obviously. So who knows? Uh, no, but yeah, I think they're trying to figure out the the proper punishment for the crime, you know, for lack of a better term for Will. Yes. I, I would. I mean. Yeah. We don't need to do, we talked about this already and I have no interest in like doing regurgitate more takes. I will just say that I do not think in any world Will Smith should be, have his Oscar taken away. I've oh, no, 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 no. Like he wants that fair and square. Like that's whatever. You might he had feel nothing... icky now having voted for him if you did vote for him. Right. But yeah. like that's completely irrelevant. This is just about him assaulting a man on live TV. Correct. Uh, violence is not the answer. And no. You know, that was not self-defense. She was not in any physical danger. No. So, yeah, I could see them just like, you know, suspending him or removing him uh, from the academy or something. I, who knows? what I, I, could, I was thinking like, especially because so like 
suspending him from his academy membership, I mean, that is like certainly a, a big deal and feels like somewhat ceremonial. I do wonder in the unique circumstance like we have this year where it's like he is the star of a movie that was potentially talked about as an Oscar contender that do you say whatever happens with that movie, he's not a, like he's disqualified from a nomination this year, no matter what, you know what I mean? So like that would be a punishment. I just, I, I honestly don't think people will just vote for him. I, I don't think they would either, people, but I mean, I, I think a lot of people are not going to even going to vote for him. I don't think so either, but I wonder if you just do that. Like just to say like, like disqualified this forever. <laughs> no, just disqualified for like a year from competition. Like as, and again, it would be largely ceremonial because like you said, I mean, based on like the anonymous THR uh, reports and even not anonymous, people have been like, we're not, I would not vote for him again or, you know, whatever people are in the Academy are obviously very upset. But I wonder if you do that as like a thing to say, oh, this is the punishment is that you cannot compete next year. But, you know, yeah, I don't, it's it's because like they've kicked out people for sharing screeners. And so it's like, what are you? And right. then like someone just slapped a person on live TV. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like that kind of warrants at least like you think like permanent banning or at least the, at not, least a little not permanent banning. But like if you're going to like, you know, kick someone out for sharing screeners. Right. Which again, violation of the rules, but like right. this incident involves assault. Right. Like, you know. But what what are you gonna do? <laughs> like <laughs> no. Joyce, uh again, will we talk about so we'll do this next week. I think we'll go into Emmys. And I promise we will not probably talk about Will Smith unless something happens and we have to talk about it. In which case, it'll be like happen. um the opposite of our Oscar episodes when we talk about succession at the end. <laughs> We'll yes. talk about succession for the bulk of the episode because it's Emmys. And at the end, we'll talk about Will Smith. And then we'll also talk about uh, winning time because we love that as well. And that, wait, is this because I, I, is this week the fifth episode? Yes. With your okay. pal so Tracy. The, at the end of five, uh, everyone watch the last like five minutes, please. <laughs> so looking forward to that. Uh, Joyce, this is so much fun. So uh, yeah, please let us know what movies we missed and how wrong we are. And I guarantee you, we're, we will come back to this uh, next year. Very excited to flop. This is what I texted you after I switched back to Power of the Dog on Saturday. I was like, excited to flop because I knew. Yeah, I, mean, I, so just, I just had to support Power of the Dog because I knew it was losing. So it's gonna be excited to flop next year with all of these choices. Just, I cannot wait to see. Uh, so yeah, I'll talk to you later, Joyce. Bye. Bye. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby.